we're going to talk this afternoon a little bit about some things that we can apply from this morning's sermon uh, that Brother Michael talked about in being thankful for the standard. And as I was thinking uh, about standards, uh, one of the things that came to mind was uh, a request that my wife gave me a couple of years ago as we moved into our house. Uh, we needed a bed frame, and she thought that I could build her a bed frame. And so I reluctantly agreed to build her a bed frame. And we had a king-size mattress, and we needed a king-size bed frame to fit that. Well, as you can imagine, once I got the materials to start building that frame, I did not just start putting it together with no uh, plan or no measurements or no, just, well, I think the mattress is yay big, so I'll put a, a length of board this long and that long. No, you probably know what I used. I used a tape measure, right? I used a tape measure to measure out the correct lengths, the width, and the length of the frame that would fit the right size mattress that I needed. That measuring tape is a standard. That standard is something you can go to that's consistent, that it's always going to be the same. And no matter what you need to measure, you can pull that measuring tape out, or you can pull a ruler out, or you can pull that type of a measurement stick out, and you can know that from one bed frame to the next bed frame, it's going to be the same if you use the standard. And you know, that's what God's Word is. My, Michael talked about that this morning. God's Word is our standard. It is our measuring stick. It is what we are seeking to, to model our lives after. In fact, those standards are used for that very purpose. It's to give us a baseline to compare other things to. And so as Christians, our baseline is God's word. And we're seeking to bring our lives into conformity with God's word, with the standard. And so there's three things that I want to talk about this afternoon in making application of being thankful for the standard. And the first of those is, we've got to know the standard. I would not have been able to build that bed frame to the correct dimensions if I didn't have a tape measure. And you will not be able to live the type of life that God has called you to live if you don't know the standard. If you don't pull out the scriptures and search it and learn it and read it and know it. So let's turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 13, if you would, for a story about the importance of knowing the standard. 1 Chronicles chapter 13, there starting in verse 1. The scripture says, And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, and that it be of the Lord our God, let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and the Levites which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us. And let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said that said they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. Now recognize David is bringing a proposition. He's saying we're, it's time to bring the ark of the God, the ark of God, back to Jerusalem. And he talked to his captains. He talked to his leaders. He talked to everybody there about it, and they all said, "Yes, it's a great idea. It's a grand plan." Now look down at verse seven. It says, And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadab, and Uzzah and Ahio drove the, or drove the cart. And David and all Israel played before God with all their might, and with singing, and with harps, and with psalteries, and with timbrels, and with cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came into the threshing floor of Kaidan, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark, for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him, because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, wherefore that place is called 
Perez Uzzah to this day. Now David was very upset about what happened to Uzzah. You see, Uzzah was the driver, one of the drivers of that cart. And as that cart was going and the oxen stumbled and the ark began, began to fall, Uzzah reached out, he put his hand on it, and God struck him dead. And David's upset about this, as you and I would be as well, to see somebody like that die from the hand of God, from something that David had chosen to do. And David had no idea why God made that breach upon him. You see, David didn't know the standard. Because what's the conclusion of this story? Why did God strike Uzzah dead? Well, David had instructed the people to bring the ark back, but they did it in the wrong way. They did it in a way that was against the standard that God had given them in the old law. In fact, it was supposed to be carried on the shoulders, right, of the priests, of the Levites, not in a cart. And you also weren't supposed to ever touch or put your hand on the ark, and Uzzah did that. And so really you can look at it in one sense and see God's leniency that he didn't strike them all dead for putting it on a cart in the first place. But he waited until Uzzah's hand was on it and he struck him dead. God's justice was there for a reason. But the point is David in chapter 15 of 1 Chronicles realized after searching diligently for the reason why that they didn't seek a God first. And that was why the breach was made. That was why Uzzah died was they didn't look to the standard before they made decisions. And I want you to know this afternoon that if you don't look to the standard first, if you don't know the standard before you make decisions, then those decisions are going to not be right. You're going to make bad calls and bad decisions simply because you didn't know. You ever made a bad decision or reacted in some way or or said something to somebody because you didn't have all the facts? And then later you found out some things that you didn't know before and suddenly you regretted what you did or what you said or what you had thought of. Yeah, because when you don't have all the facts, you can't make a good, wise decision. And when we don't have the standard before us, when we don't know the word of God like we should, then the decisions that we make are just going to be, it's going to be, as the scripture says in Ephesians, where we're carried about with every wind of doctrine. We're just going one way and that way and just making decisions floating through life. And we're not going to meet the standard. So you want that standard to be part of your life? You want to be thankful for that standard? You want to live according to that standard? You've got to know it. We know the scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture was given by the inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for correction, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished into all good works. That's what the word of God is good for. It's good for all of those things, but those things won't happen for you if you're not reading it and you're not in it. Hosea 4 verse 6, you remember uh, that God prophesies through the prophet there and he says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. For lack of knowledge. And let that not be us. So the first piece of practical application I have for you this afternoon is don't let knowledge be the reason why you don't meet the standard and why you're not living the life that God has called you to live and enjoying the blessings Michael talked about of love and equality and a direction in life and forgiveness and restoration and all those amazing benefits that we have from the standard. If you don't know it, you can't reap it. So... What does that mean in practicality? Well, that means you, yourself, individually, not your neighbor, not your spouse, not your kids, not the person across the pew from you, but you individually today need to make a decided effort to get into the Word, to make your study habits better, to study individually on your own, to make a time in the day that you're doing that, whether that's sacrificing free time or it's sacrificing a hobby or it's sacrificing any other Anything else, everything else ought to be secondary to us learning the Word of God. 
Obviously, we can't spend 24 hours a day literally doing that. We have to work. We have to do other things. But you need to be in the Word of God individually. You need to also be teaching your kids. You remember the passage in Deuteronomy chapter 6? They're in about verses 6 through 9 where Moses is talking to the people about the old law. And he tells them that they are to teach their children diligently the old law. That when they're lying down, when they're rising up, when they're walking, when they're everywhere and in every place... That they need to be talking about the law. They need to be teaching it. They need to be discussing it. And you, if you have kids, need to be discussing the law, the standard, the word of God with them. Teaching them those principles. Because they need to know the standard if they're going to live a life when they grow up that meets it. And if you don't teach them the standard, if they don't know the standard, then they're going to make a lot of bad decisions that aren't according to the standard. There's a lot of tools out there that you can use. We think about, obviously, there's the Bible. It's before us in print. But if you've got a smartphone, you've got Bible apps. You may be somewhere where you don't have your physical Bible on you. You've got a Bible on you if you've got a smartphone. If you're waiting there at the doctor's office for 15 minutes, you know what you could be doing for 15 minutes? Yeah, you could be scrolling Facebook or you could pull out your Bible app. I have a lot of time on the road when I'm traveling. And you know what you can do with a smartphone? You can listen to the Bible audibly. You can plug it into your phone if you've got an auxiliary jack or you've got Bluetooth capability or any of the FM transmitter. There's ways to do it. And you can have the Bible playing while you're going down the road. You know, really in this day and age, in 2019, there's just not really an excuse for not reading the Word of God. If you want to. And if you want to live a life according to the standard, then you'll make the time and you'll make the diligent effort to know the standard. There's church events. There's studies There's lots of different things that you can be involved in. Be involved. Seek the knowledge. Know the standard. The second thing that I'd tell you this afternoon in practical application, other than knowing the standard, is understanding and being able to apply the standard. What I mean by that is sometimes we can be reading, and reading is great, but sometimes you'll read a chapter, and then at the end of that you'll go, what did I just read? You ever done that? Where your mind really is somewhere else even while you're reading and you're not really comprehending. It's the difference between reading and comprehension. And reading with comprehension is very important. Being able to understand what you're reading and then to apply it to to specific situations. To apply it to your life. That's a skill that needs to be developed in your toolbox. Not just that you took a, a 15 minutes a day and you read something. But what did you read? What did you get out of it? What did you learn? How can you apply it? That's the next step of the practical application of knowing the standard is understanding it. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 12 to read a story about understanding and applying the standard. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, they're about verse 1 through 7. 2 Samuel 12, you'll recognize this story starting in verse 1. It says, And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him, and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing, save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat, and drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was to come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die, and he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. 
And in verse 7, it says, And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Now here's an example of a person that hears the word of God and does not understand or make application to himself. Here's a man that heard what the prophet of God was saying, got, it, got angered by it, wanted justice for this poor man who lost his lamb, and had no recognition that he himself was what that very message was talking about. You know, sometimes we can read through the scriptures and we read it and we go, oh yeah, so-and-so really needs to hear that. <laughs> I can think about, yeah, that would really help straighten this person out. And sometimes we may read through things and we don't make the application here, which is where the application needs to be made. We don't understand what the standard is really saying for us in our specific situation. So yes, we've got to know the standard. We've got to pull the tape measure out and use that. But we've also got to know how to use it. And we've got to apply it in the right situations in the right ways. We've got to be able to look in the mirror at ourselves and say, this is what I can take from the standard. This is how I can use it to change my actions or my thoughts or the way that I'm doing things so that my life can be aligned with that standard. And so you've got to have not only the ability to know the standard, but the ability to understand and apply it. There's some other scriptures we can think about, like 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. And this scripture, of course, says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing or applying the word of truth. It's important that as Christians that we're able to rightly apply the scriptures. And you know if you've ever been in a situation where you're studying with somebody or where they ask you a Bible question, there are going to be times when you've got to be, you, you've got to, rather than just be able to read the words, you've got to have a deeper level of understanding. And if you want your life to truly reflect the standard that God has given to us, you've got to have a deeper level of understanding. How do we do that? Well, there's some practical tips. Like when you're studying, maybe you don't just read it, but maybe you use some other resources. There's resources that we have that can help us to gain a better understanding. First of all, context matters. You know, it's helpful if you're reading a, a book of the Bible to know who wrote it, why they wrote it, what the general book was about, maybe who they wrote it to, what was the purpose behind it. Those things can give you a framework that as you're studying through and you're reading the standard, it helps to fill it in in a way that makes sense. There's other tools and resources that you can use like Bible maps to look at where specific cities or places that you read about in the scriptures are. There's Bible dictionaries that can help you look up words that you may not understand. There's concordances where you can look up certain scriptures that you want to find. There's commentaries even that you can read. Now, you have to be careful sometimes with the commentaries and remember that all of those are just opinions of man. But there are commentaries you can read just to get a different perspective and an idea. There are people at the congregation that you can talk to. You have elders that you can go to and say, I was reading this, didn't really understand it. What do you think that this means? How can I apply this better? All of those are ways that you can gain a deeper level of understanding of a passage rather than just reading it. Reading it's important. Knowing the standards is important, but knowing how to apply it. Knowing the ins and outs, the depth of it, is equally and probably more important. And as you're reading those things, you have to see yourself in it. Now, not everything is going to apply specifically to you. In Acts chapter 1, I think about when Jesus told the, the apostles there to stay in Jerusalem and wait, and they would receive power. But you can't read that and say, this applies to me. I've got to go to Jerusalem and wait there, and I'll receive power. That's not what I'm saying. You, you recognize context matters. Some of those, those 
deeper level things matter of recognizing there are certain things that were told to certain people for a certain reason and that's not going to apply to me. But for the most part, as you're reading through scripture, you need to read yourself into it in the sense that I'm reading this to see how it can benefit and change me. Not somebody else. Not to just say that I read it, but to really change me and to really help me to conform myself to the standard. I'm thankful for the standard, but I've got to know the standard and I've got to be able to apply the standard to me. In Nehemiah 8 verse 8, you may remember uh, there that Nehemiah and Ezra were standing before the people and they, re- they read the book of the law before the people. And there in verse 8 it says, they read before them, they gave the sense, and they caused them to understand the reading. Reading is great, but we need to be given the sense and we need to be caused to understand. And that's, the onus is on you for that in your personal studies, that you make sure that if you don't understand something, keep researching it, keep digging, keep looking, keep conversing with people about it until you figure it out. And I recognize there's some, there's some deep things, some difficult things, there's some things that people disagree on interpretations of, there's some things that we may never know until all is revealed in the last day, I recognize all of that. But we will not be worse off for having spent the time studying and researching and looking. That stuff can only help us to learn the standard and to understand how to apply it to us. In Matthew 7, let's go over and read Matthew 7, verses 1 through 5, as Jesus there was teaching. And we recognize Matthew 7, verse 1, as the, as the judgment verse. But go on and read the few verses after that. He says, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy, thy brother's eye. And we've already mentioned it, but I just want to mention again here, based on this teaching of Jesus, that we need to be careful about when we study and we gain that deeper level of understanding and we begin to understand and apply scriptures and that we see ourselves in that and that we're not looking at other people and that we're not doing what David did and hearing the word from God and being angry about what somebody else is doing and not seeing the application for him. And I just want to encourage you, Don't read the word of God and read the scriptures while thinking about all the people you could correct with what you're learning. But read the word of God and think about how you can correct yourself and how you can bring yourself into alignment with the standard. So we've talked about knowing the standard. We've talked about being able to understand and apply the standard to yourself. And the third thing that I want to mention to you this afternoon about the standard is implementing and taking action with the standard. And what I mean by that is, you know, there have been times where probably all of us have read something from God's word. Maybe we've even studied it out. We have a little deeper understanding. We we know where it applies in our life. We can see the weakness that we have. We can see something that we need to change. And we go on and we don't. And we go on and we don't do what we're supposed to do. We don't take action. We don't implement it. We don't change. Maybe because we're afraid to sacrifice but we have to sacrifice. We're afraid to really give 100% to God. We want to hang on to a little bit of that sin or a little bit of that darkness that's within us or whatever the case may be. Sometimes we make bad decisions even when we know better, even when we know it applies to us and we still make the wrong call. You know, that story in Genesis chapter 3, I think, is exactly that. 
You recall Adam and Eve there had been given the one rule as they were in the garden, and that was to not eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was in the center, the midst of the garden. They had been given a standard to live by. And then Satan entered into the picture and he began to tempt Eve. You remember what Genesis 3 said. She looked at the fruit. She saw that it was pleasant to the eyes. It was good for food. And it would make her wise. Satan had lied to her, said it would make her like God. And so all those three things came into play. And what did she do? Even though she knew the standard, her and Adam knew it. They knew they weren't supposed to eat the fruit. They understood what would happen. You remember Satan even questioned, did God say that, that you shouldn't eat of this, this fruit? And she said, yeah. He said, in the day that we eat thereof, we'll surely die. She knew. She knew what would happen if she did it. She understood its application to herself. And yet still, what did both of them do? They took of the fruit and they ate it. They didn't implement the standard. They didn't stand by the standard. They didn't really live by it. Instead, they went their own way. And we recognize the consequences of that, don't we? They were cast out of that garden. They committed the first sin against God. And now sin has passed down upon all of us, for all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God now. And now all of us need the redemptive power of Jesus' blood to be saved because of that one choice that Adam and Eve made so long ago. And so when we choose to go against the standard, it will only bring destruction to us. And so I want to encourage you, don't only know it, don't only be able to apply it to yourself, but implement it. Really, truly make the changes that need to be made. In James chapter 1, there's a fascinating passage there where James is speaking to us there in verse 21 through 25. James 1, 21 through 25. It says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And so he uses this illustration to, to illustrate the point that we're supposed to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. And he says, it's like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. And I want to imagine, real quick, in your own mind, your morning routine probably involves standing in front of a mirror. Most people's do. As you're getting ready for the day, right, you may be fixing your hair, brushing your teeth, doing those things. I want you to imagine that you step in front of that mirror, and for whatever this means to you, your hair is a mess, you're not dressed right, you haven't shaved, whatever the case may be, you've got something in your teeth, and then you walk away, and you do nothing about it, and you walk away from the mirror, and you just, you just don't think about it, and you just forget what manner of man you were, and you just go about your day not having fixed anything that you see. And that's what it's like being a person that reads a scripture that studies the standard, that knows how to apply the standard, but then walks away and chooses not to implement it. How ridiculous would it be to not fix that, to not fix your hair if you look in the mirror and realize that it's a mess? How ridiculous is it for us to look to the standard, to study it, to realize that it applies to us, and then walk away and choose not to fix it? And so I want to encourage you this afternoon, live by that standard. Take action. Implement it. And it's going to be tough. There's going to be real decisions that you have to make. 
There's going to be some real sacrifice that you have to make. There's going to be some real work that you have to put into molding yourself to the standard of God and to teaching your kids to mold themselves to that standard. That's work. It's a lot of work. But is the standard something you're thankful for? Is the standard something that's important to you? Is the standard something that you want to live up to? Is it something that you want to align your life with? If it is, then you've got to be willing to put that work in. You've got to be willing to look as if you're looking in that mirror at your natural face. Instead, as you read the scripture, you need to be looking at the scripture as if it's a spiritual mirror. And that spiritual mirror, as you're reading and you're studying, you're gaining a deep understanding and and understanding application of that, you will begin to see what is a mess inside you. You'll be able to see where your hair's not fixed right and where you have something stuck in your teeth and that you haven't shaved spiritually. You'll be able to see that as you read. And the last thing that you need to do is not walk away and do nothing. It's walk forward and change what needs to be changed. Seek help when you need the help. Not everything can be done on our own. We're going to talk about that next week, looking forward to the topics on accountability. Accountability is important. Accountability is very helpful to have people that will walk with you, that will hold you accountable to those changes you need to make. Make the changes. Put in the work. Implement the standard. Are you thankful for the standard? I'm thankful for it. Sometimes, though, when you're in the depth of it and you're reading and you're studying and you're learning it, Sometimes you're not as thankful for it because it shows your glaring weaknesses. shows where you've messed up. It shows where you need to be better. That's the tough thing about the standard. But you'll never go wrong if you make this your priority, if you make this your baseline, if you make this what you try to conform your life to. Because every standard has its purpose. You build something and you don't use a measuring tape, you're going to build it wrong. You try to build your life and you don't use this, you're going to build it wrong. Be thankful for the standard. Know it, understand it, and implement it.